Hello everyone, my name is Catalina and welcome to the Changemaker podcast. One year ago I started interviewing people driven to create a positive impact in their communities and the world. I call them Changemakers, and as I found out they are everywhere, they come in different shapes and sizes and have amazing and diverse backgrounds. This series of interviews have the aim to inspire you with interesting stories and give you some practical piece of advice. So if you are enjoying these discussions, make sure to follow this channel where I will be adding a new podcast every week. If you consider yourself a change maker or if you have someone in your network that you believe is a change maker, please get in touch with me and let's start a discussion. In today's episode, we will dive into the topics of sustainability, circular economy, being conscious and living a happy life, together with Eva and Andrea, two Slovak changemakers I have met in Amsterdam. They both are on a great mission, Mission C, through which they aim to advise companies on how to adopt digital technologies to leave a positive footprint on the environment and society and adapt their business models to the circular economy. My name is Eva, I come from Slovakia, and it's very important, I think, to my story because I was born to a family of loving people, mountain climbers, and I guess this love for nature started to develop there. And as I was studying, I started to have like this feeling, uh, I really like want to make a change. And I thought, first I thought I need to be like successful and rich. Thank God. I actually realize it's not really where their happiness lies. So I started to go into like corporate world and consulting, a lot of banking. Um, and over the years, my sense of, oh my God, what am I doing? What sort of purpose does it have? What sort of positive change do you have started to be stronger and stronger? And I think it brought me to Andrea. And it brought me where we are here, like starting our own business that actually really wants to combine the business side with uh, the impact side. So I think, yeah, that's me. I love nature, I love impact, I love people, and want to combine it all in a venture. Nice. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Andrea here, also from Slovakia. Crazy coincidence that we're actually from the same country, but at the same time, that kind of really means that we do have our little secret language because there are only like 5.5 million people living there and we can speak together slowly. Yeah, so that's we pretty have to watch out. We have to watch out. <laughs> um, I've been always thinking about this world, so what is out there, always being very curious. That's uh, also why I had so many fan friends when I was little. This is how I was exploring the English language as well and just really wondering what is out there outside of our little country. And then my first contact when it comes to sustainability, the big one, really eye-opening one, was in Sweden, where I was studying international, uh, well, where the first real contact uh, with the environment and uh, natural resources uh, sustainability uh, was really in uh, Sweden, where I was studying uh, environment management. And uh, that was a really long time ago. I'm, Really talking here like more than 10 years ago. I didn't know that, that you studied environmental management. You didn't? No. So or I forgot. It's educational already. <laughs> um, uh, it's been really interesting because we had a professor who was really challenging us a lot. He was very interested to know like how are things working in Slovakia, um, what sustainable initiatives or programs we have there. But of course at the time it was really difficult to name anything. 
Yeah. You know, like it kind of really stick with me because he was putting a lot of focus on raising awareness around like the footprint. So I got a chance to really learn about us human beings actually having certain footprint on this planet. And of course, um, in combination with my love to travel. Uh, and really explore the world. So I was actually able to see that everywhere else uh, you have this beautiful nature, but at the same time, unfortunately, you have some really, really bad habits linked to consumerism. And the more you see, the more it really gets you. And uh, there is so much space for improvement, especially if we really want to preserve this beautiful planet, which is definitely is. I really do believe we need to be conscious about what we do. How would you say that your background, coming from Slovakia, how did this influence who you are today? That's a really great one. Uh, I was very lucky that since I was little, we traveled a lot. So I traveled always to summer camps and I got a chance to explore the country. So already this was eye-opening, seeing all the different places. And then this even drawn my curiosity beyond that, really wondering what's beyond the borders and really traveling, exploring this beautiful planet. Nice. How would you say your love for climbing? How did this, how would you, could you draw a parallel actually between, or I don't know, is there anything similar that you learned from that sport that you could apply actually in your philosophy of life and your philosophy of work? Of course it is. I mean, climbing is amazing. Um, Mountains to me, it's like, I cannot even describe what it means to me and what climbing is, but you can see it as a metaphor, obviously. The very easy metaphor is, you know, climbing to a peak, trying to achieve something. So that one is very easy and many people can relate to it. Um, but what I really like, not even learned, experience with climbing is, you, you learn how to love a rock. That's maybe it, you know, what is rock? It's like a piece of nature, so-called. But the love for it, the respect for it, you need to coexist with the rock in order to survive. It's, I think, a very, very important notion of relationship of us as humans to, to nature. And you're totally, totally dependent on nature. You know, like, there are some things you can manage. But in the end of the day, you know, nature decides. And we tend to forget this. So, I think, uh, goosebumps. <laughs> well, it means um, you care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do. do. It's really beautiful. It's really like loving a rock. Nice. So, yeah. Why did you choose for environmental sciences? For me, being able to study in Sweden, it, it really got me thinking, all this like footprint that we create. Um, so pretty much like when I went uh, into my first big real job, I was pretty keen to do something for a Nordic country, knowing that they're pretty far when it comes to sustainability. And I was incredibly lucky to get into a Finnish firm. And pretty much like combining the experience in finance and then uh, also back in the Netherlands uh, working for consulting firms here with risk management and insights and sustainability and generally being able to talk to different companies looking to their strategies, really looking to what's their CO2 footprint for instance, really looking to like how companies are dealing with water. It made it very clear for me that I would really like to use um, all these experiences scattered, like all this business knowledge and really use it for sustainability and climate change. Um, what do you think of when I say change maker? For me it's someone who cares. For me it's someone who realizes 
that in order to improve things, we need to change something. And who really takes responsibility to be the one go for it and be the front runner, be the one who really takes all the difficulties and challenges and really goes out there and does their best. Yeah, it's funny. I posted like this week a photo that you actually sent me. It starts years to do crazy ones or something. So for me, this is really like somebody that dares to challenge the normal things, really the status quo. Uh, because I think like the society and to a certain extent the business life we're part of, it made us not, <laughs> you know? So for me, somebody that is change maker is like really you need to dare to challenge things and of course, of course not do it. But maybe the notion is the real like caring about like being able to like take the risk, wanted to take the risk to actually change whatever it costs almost. Do you think there are certain characteristics that all change makers share? Or certain personality traits? Like do you need to have something innate to be a change maker or is it something that you can develop? I would say hope. Change maker definitely needs to have hope. The hope that the change is possible and that it's possible to strive and get towards a change, better future, positive impact. It's beautiful and then I go come with a very um, boring one, execution. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's very, very important because, you know, it starts with vision and hope. But the execution is so important. How do you communicate it? How do you engage people? Because you never, never do this alone. So this is very, very important, you know, and it can mean million different things for million different people. But just, you know, this notion of making the change happen, um, yeah, it's a great addition to the whole. That's a great combination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you say vision and execution, I immediately think of entrepreneurs. Would you say that entrepreneurs are change makers? I would definitely say yes. Uh, of course, it depends also what's your more compass because unfortunately, still in the 21st century, there are many enterprises who are just trying to monetize the <laughs> profits that really comes with exploitation of people or natural resources. But I really do believe that special the combination of uh, this like hope, being a dreamer, uh, being keen to improve things and then indeed like really carefully think of like how to execute it, how to communicate it, connecting with people to create some sort of a tribe and to really strive for making a positive impact. Uh, I really do believe that's being uh, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Very, very important, you know, like what, uh, what is his name? Al Gore was saying. I mean, really, especially in today's society, I think the importance of entrepreneurs may be the biggest ever, you know, like we have really the possibility to use amazing things like technology for change and not wait for governments to make the change. That's important, but I think um, it didn't prove to be effective, very effective. So the business community can really drive that, but at the same time, there are amazing people outside that are not entrepreneurs, you know. Sometimes they work for organizations, sometimes they work for NGOs, you know. Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. Yeah. 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 To me, um, I remember, I, I actually think I've done a couple of things with sustainability right after my study, but then I sort of went into business life and forgot about it. And then I was actually dating a guy. He worked for Greenpeace and he really told me, you know, I could do like a million of things, but as long as our planet has problems as he said, I can't do anything else. 
you know, back then I was driving my big Audi. <laughs> I was this banker, you know. And it really got me thinking. I think it might have been for me, like, he was a really, like, change maker because he, he was doing all these like, beautiful things. But for me, that was, like, really the change. I think for me it was a bit different because never ever in my life have I ever owned a car. And uh, also, also saying that, like pretty yeah. much right after my yeah. studies, I was really thinking, like, um, yeah, I I would love to do something where I can help people. So I was doing some volunteering work already during the school, and then that's also a reason why I was so very keen to work for Nordic company. So I remember having my last interview, actually with a CFO, really talking about like renewable energy that they were kind of on new biofuels and this is really what makes me think like oh wow I want to work for this company and also coming back uh, to the Netherlands and then like uh, starting to work for a huge consulting firm with which I've been for the past six years I remember even before signing the contract my questions were about like what's the social impact yeah what are the programs what's the CSR <laughs> yeah I guess that's a beautiful thing I mean um... We are so unique and everybody has their own story and it's just amazing to observe how people connect eventually at a certain point of their life, but they may have been like had completely different ways how to get there. So beautiful to see, yeah. So there are like so many ways. Yeah, I find it also fascinating because I never really looked at sustainability as uh, something you can do with a full-time focus. I always kind of thought like, uh, this is what you do on a side, like uh, yeah. it should be a core value of every single being on this planet. Yeah, the truth is, well, the society, and we are still like very uh, money-driven, right? That's, um, so I think the really, really big change started with the concept of circular economy, which to me, I see a difference between like sustainability like in the classical terms and circular economy because like the really really powerful thing about circular economy is the word economy it starts with business it's like no guys you know like we don't talk about we don't dream about a better world we do but we also have concrete tools about how to change things so absolutely and i remember like my story trying to bring csr proposition sustainability proposition into consulting five, six years ago was a very difficult thing to do. But right now, circular economy are giving us these powerful tools to actually being able to talk about businesses. Look guys, you can keep making money, but look at your impact, you can do both. Yeah, the really amazing yeah. thing about a circular economy is of course that it really drives the value from within, from yeah. already existing economical structures, from the products, from the materials. So it's really already capitalizing and benefiting what is already in there. Yeah. And of course, like, there is a lot of research, like quite recent one was done by Ellen MacArthur Foundation, and they actually researched the circular economy and the potential for the economy. And when it comes to Europe itself, they really came to the conclusion uh, that 1.8 milliards of euros actually on an annual basis, so pretty much like every year, is possible to be gained uh, for Europe. I, I think that's just fascinating oh, and it's not only about <laughs> yeah. it's not only yeah. about uh, 
doing something good for a planet, it's really also incredibly beneficial for, for the economy. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. Would you but say that? A way to go. Would you say that we're kind of in a privileged position in the West, you know, where we have all the comfort in the world and we can afford to actually think about sustainability and circular economy and changing the economy? When, for instance, uh, coming from an Eastern background, a very poor country, uh, when I talk about sustainability and when I want to encourage people to be more entrepreneurial, they're like, oh yes, but we don't have food, I don't know, for the next two months. So how would you think, like, how do we find tools or motivations to actually, you know, work together as a society, not only, you know, us in the West kind of saying, okay, you guys in the East should do this and that. No. <laughs> I think it's very similar what we're going to say. I love this question. Yeah. And indeed, like, uh, I do believe that uh, when we take the principles of Maslow Pyramid, you know, you first really need to take care of your basic needs before you start and you have the luxury to really start thinking about your personal development, your environment. Um, so I would definitely say that yes, we're in a very, very um, advantage yeah. position here. At the same time, when we're looking into the countries, very often nature is really like their biggest asset because they are living so very closely with the nature. They are dependent on it. And I really do believe if you're dependent on something, you tend to take better care of it. If you really look into the tribes um, or like uh, indigenous people, like for them, uh, whether it's water, whether it's a um, jungle, whether it's rainforest, like it's really something they have to take a very good care of because this is their sort of living. This is their livelihood. Yeah, <laughs> very, very complex question. Very, very complex question because it is easy to say, of course, yeah. Obviously, we, we are lucky, we are so lucky having all these resources, knowledge and our basic needs to be taken care of. Because like, like the countries where we come from, you know, Slovakia in our case, it's already a completely different world. Like talking about sustainability, there's not even a normal word for it. <laughs> trying to explain my father why I actually quit banking. <laughs> and uh, like starting this venture, you know, about sustainability, which doesn't have a good word, you know, to, to explain like... It's three words combined together, actually. It's incredibly long, difficult to remember for many Can people. I say it? It's like in Slovak, it, like, I wonder what is it in your language, but it's like, it's... See? We don't have a word, actually, in Romanian. Exactly. You don't have a word. So it's very hard to explain. But... Um, maybe this is where technology comes, where access to information comes. Um, it may be changing slowly. So let's take, I don't know, some Asian country as an example. And what we see, like the technology is really like giving the power to people, you know, like people who all of a sudden have access to information. Uh, like mobile phones, you know, like relatively speaking, they're more affordable to people, so people like start to think about it. And I also see a lot of movement in terms of human rights. That's also a big, big part of sustainability, the circular economy, human rights, environment, coming from those countries like China. It could be just a lot of, you know, like window dressing. But China has been recently, you know, giving some serious commitments about the Paris Agreement, like they so really like want to follow. And the agenda, at least that's how it's being presented, and we'll never know the full truth, is 
caring for the people of China and actually realizing how they're exploiting the resources. So, yeah, they are the biggest producers uh, of solar energy in the whole world. And at the same time, also when it comes to issuing green bonds, for instance, so it's really uh, drive and attract uh, investments to finance their infrastructure. Um, they're really um, having the biggest volumes right now. But also, it's very good news. I really do believe it really comes with information. Yeah. And um, Slovakia, in the sense, is also in a very luxurious position. That's how I see it, still, yeah. because um, there's so many amazing concepts going on, and it's just so, so, so nice to see that every single day there's constantly something changes. There's so many yeah. beautiful brands uh, really including circularity and sustainability into their whole concept. Yeah. So maybe I have this feel for a public question. Yes, we absolutely have a privileged position in the Western world, but there's change, like change is coming, and it's very much driven by technology, by access to information, and maybe another favorite subject. There's something like people are getting awake, you know, and like all over the world, people are really like have a feeling are realizing what are we doing. So, I have hope, we were talking about hope, I have hope um, that the notion, and it's not sustainable, it's what you said, it's just common sense. Yeah. Let's not destroy our environment. <laughs> I really have hope that it's changing everything. So, how, uh, what was the Eureka moment when you realized that, okay, I'm done with baking, ban banking, baking, <laughs> I'm done with banking, uh, I don't want this life. I mean, you are driving your Audi, having probably a comfortable life. What made you realize that, okay, this is not for me, I want to do something else? Same question for you for coming from consulting. <laughs> I mean, I love banking. You know, I still love business. There are so many amazing people. Um, actually, the vision and ambitions that we have within banking is so great. Especially, it's really changing after the crisis. So, again, I have hope that the crisis are le is learning us to refocusing the goods values. So I really like banking um, and business. Um, I think the change for me was, um, you know, it was just a, the moment. There was a moment when it really became obvious, now you go. And it didn't have so much to do with the industry, it had more to do. I see the vision so clearly for myself and I want to put all my resources, all my experience, all my energy to make that happen. And I'm Dandrea, amazing person that was driven by, is driven by the same things. And I couldn't imagine a better partner. <laughs> um, you know, and we don't know if, it's, if we are going to succeed, of course. We hope so. Uh, but it's like, there, there's, we don't have a choice. It's like, no brainer. We just have to do this. So when that moment comes, when you see, oh my God, this is it, and I have to do that, then you know. <laughs> I'm actually a really huge believer that financial institutions, generally speaking, have a really huge role to play. They're in the end the ones that have all those bags of money and they're responsible for their redistribution. So where the money goes, they really get a lot of power to change things. And also, looking at a business, generally speaking, I really do believe business has such a huge role to play when it comes to circular economy, uh, when it comes to making this world a better place. Um, for me, it was really about changing the focus. So it was very clear, like, um, 
okay, there are certain skills I'm applying in my everyday job, but also this passion for certain projects that I feel incredibly lucky to have been a part of it. And I just really had everyday stronger feeling like this is really where I want to put all my focus. This is what I really want to do full time, 24 7. And it's really like every single cell of my body kind of feels like that's the right way to go. And indeed, like, uh, being in this together with Eva, I felt incredibly lucky and incredibly inspired and also really determined to make this work. I do believe that there's a lot to do and I really want to be a part of that together yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah. So, question to you, Andrea. Yeah. What, uh, how is Eva inspiring you? Eva has absolute amazing energy, as you can see. Uh, she's definitely a driver. She's always full of um, she's always full of ideas. She's always very excited. She's really great at the execution she's been mentioning. So I would be the person who's the people connect her. I love chatting with people, but she's really the one who's pushing me to really get things done and really get them from the beginning towards the end. Um, and uh, and uh, generally speaking, she's a fabulous person. She's a dear friend to me. I really trust her. Um, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful that we're in this together. Yeah. Eva, same question to you. What makes Andrea a change maker and why are you inspired by her? <laughs> oh, so beautiful. <laughs> no, we're really, really lucky <laughs> with, uh, with everything, but uh, with each other. I think so. <laughs> when I first met her, <laughs> okay, there comes the story. There comes the story. We shared a skirt. You know, we were like in ball on a boat in Amsterdam, and it got really cold. And I had this huge skirt, and it was so cold in the evening. So we just used it as a blanket. And um, <clears throat> I really remembered her amazing energy and attitude. And you know, this person has something. It took us a while after after that to connect and then having this discussion with her and you see the amazing energy and belief just dreaming from within her and this will to change things. It's unbelievable. And also I don't actually maybe remember I ever met anybody that positive. I'm like, no matter what is going on, like even when Andrea was still I'm at my worst, she was really like, okay, on the outside world, she's so positive, this energy and drive, it can, you know, move mountains. That's amazing. That's great. If you can guys tell me now about your venture, what, what is it? What's Yay. your vision? What yeah. you're doing? <laughs> So, uh, we are the advisors to the organizations and uh, to the corporate world uh, in their transitions uh, towards circular economy and sustainable future. And we really want to do that uh, with helping them in people engagement, uh, with strategies, creating programs, initiatives, redesigning their business models, and of course, using uh, digital technology. So, our company is called Mission C. We are just developing it. And the C stands for many things, but the first thing was for conscious, mission conscious. 
it could be many other things. We really believe in that, you know, like for creative things. See in terms of seeing what you're doing, see in terms of ocean. Uh, it's going to be a great consulting company, which whose main power is really combining the business side, not just talking about great things, not just doing window dressing, really changing the business from within, changing the finance from within. I think that's our really, really great asset that we actually really, really understand finance, so we can actually make it happen. Uh, and we'll see where it takes us, because I also believe, especially in this world and economy, in the power of partnerships. Um, so, you know, I see a future um, where it will grow, you know, like a river, you know, taking sides. So who knows what the future will bring. But um, this is how we start, I think. It's like, right, we are consultants, and that's how we're starting. And this is exactly where we want to use all the skills, all the experience uh, in those past 10 years that we will have um, to really, really help those companies to make the change we need, because we believe they can. So how would a perfect world look like for you? <laughs> Whoa, good questions, right? Um, I always start with the sea. People would be conscious, just like really conscious who they are, uh, what they like, what they dislike, um, how they can uh, act and live. I think that's really like where everyone can play their part. Not that everyone has to be a new Elon Musk or Al Gore or entrepreneur working on circular economy startup. Just start with yourself. It's really little changes, being aware, being aware of your environment, of the other people you interact with on an everyday basis. I, I really strongly believe when people are conscious, when they're aware, uh, when they're open and uh, hopeful, they're ready to change because that's the way how you can motivate the rest. <laughs> what was your experience as females in uh, consulting and finance in banking and is there a difference do you think like to being a female entrepreneur and you know trying to change make this huge change I'm just curious I think it's awesome it's so awesome to be a woman and it's not because it's not awesome to be a man obviously but we are women right so I think it comes from such gratitude for everything that we have. Um, you know, in a certain level we are all the same, everything is the same and there are no differences. And then of course it's like the very deep, like sort of spiritual level. And then it's the pragmatic thing. And in the pragmatic world, women are different than men, you know? And it's not necessarily about negative differences, it's just about these beautiful differences that makes it unique. So being an, a woman in uh, so the tough business like banking and consulting is awesome. Again, because you can see what sort of change you can bring. Just because you're a bit different, um, just because you dare to leverage your femininity, things like intuition, things like connecting to people, things like thinking about more than just money. We can think about money, don't get me wrong, but think more than that. Um, it's great, right? <laughs> So what, how would you define impact and what kind of impact you aim to achieve with your company? Change. Um, you know, I love to measure things, actually. Uh, so impact me, it's called maybe like my pragmatism sometimes. In the end of the day, I really want to show what we have changed. Now, it comes down to change. 
measurable change and measurable change for the better. I also really uh, find the element of people super important to really see that are actually finding these little spots that everybody has, every single person that is really willing to do everything good and just awakening that, you know, give people some sort of confidence to be yourself, beautiful human beings as we are and go deeper to that point and use whatever powers we have to change things. So it will be the very dramatic side, I just want to measure the positive change and there is a beautiful people side. When we were talking about inspiration or awakening, you know, we really hope to achieve that. I love how you mentioned positive change because indeed to me impact is pretty much like everyone does and has an impact. We are choosing how we react, how we act like every millisecond. And I really believe that our behavior, our decisions, it has an impact. Now the question is, what is the impact you would like to make? Yeah. And of course, uh, this is where me and Eva decided like we definitely want to be on the positive side. And positive impact uh, is to me a positive contribution. Positive contribution, whether we're talking societal impact or environmental impact, actually very often, um, yeah, we really do see them as going hand in hand. And uh, absolutely agree, if you can measure it, uh, the better, because then you have certain data that can motivate many players uh, on the market and dealing with the business. You really need to have some something, some figures to really show them and convince them that going a certain way is a good idea. You are talking about being conscious about yourself, who you are. Uh, what do you think is the importance of self-awareness in being a change maker? I think it's everything. I think that's where it starts for every, every single person uh, because very often we are driven by these, you know, like fake dreams and you know, earn money according to my society, I have to do this according to my family, I, want, I have to do this. Very often we are not conscious about that, uh, we just act. So really discovering who you are really as a human being, as a person, in essence, without without the influence of your family, without the influence of the country where you were born, even without the influence of the people that are closest to you, uh, that's really where it starts. So the process of awareness, because then you're authentic, then you can start changing things because it's going to cost a lot of energy, but in a way maybe in the most efficient way, because you don't have to pretend that you're somebody else. You're really doing something that is important to you. How do you do that? Where do you start to discover yourself? <laughs> For me, it was on a mountain. We're back to climbing. <laughs> no, um, maybe I was skiing or just sitting um, with very mountains. Um, I realized there was a period, you know, like a couple of years ago, um, and I was doing very, very big, difficult project, and I was way too young to do that actually. So it was hard, but of course I was pretending I can, I could, but it cost me a lot. At the same time, I was finishing my study, and uh, my parents were getting a divorce. So it was like a period, you know, people talk about like crashing down. I didn't, I'm very glad, but I was very close. And then definitely I was in Slovakia after that. And I really have this vision, and I have no idea where it was, but I know I was on a mountain. And I was just sitting there and thinking, 
what the hell are you doing with your life? And I think for me it was the start of the process. And, uh, and some people talk about sudden awakening. Uh, for me it was a process um, that took many, many years. And obviously very important things like taking time for yourself in many ways, being alone in many ways, being in nature, meditation, absolutely very, very important things to get very close, very deep in who I am. I fully agree. Being alone and really focusing on yourself. What is it that you want? What really matters to you? What are you willing to fight for? What's really that you want to work on? What is it that you really, really want? How does happy look to you? And what makes you happy? Nice. <laughs> you are talking a lot about being hopeful, having hope. Yes. Uh, how do we teach young people, children, to become dreamers, to become change makers? I love the word dreamers. Yeah. And, uh, I definitely find myself to be one. Bang little kids, just this curiosity. I think curiosity is really key here. It's uh, just to kind of keep your mind open, exploring constantly, learning new things, asking questions, the willingness to really find out what are other alternative options. And, and I really critically think, like, is this the only way? Is this the best way? Is there another way? How we can explore what is out there? Curiosity. How do we stimulate this curiosity? At least from my experience, still being in an educational system, it kind of there's no stimulation whatsoever to be curious, to find yourself. It's literally just facts, facts, facts. This is what you need to learn. This is the exam. Go. How do you? Very complex question, Katarina. <laughs> yeah, because we come to how the society. Like, if we want a practical answer, yeah. we really we have to. Uh, sort of break it down to the faces, the way the children are being brought up, the way the educational system works, and the way the business works. You know, the three big elements. And you have to look into each of them. Um, but the simple answer would be maybe again, mission C being conscious. And it starts, obviously, when, when we talk about children. The parent just being conscious about. Um, not putting maybe too many frameworks on the child, just stimulating the child, being curious and think for themselves. Um, maybe based on that, there is a school. I think we need a huge reform of the school system. Not maybe like a dreamy one. I mean, the classical school system is good, but there is a huge part that we are missing. Creative parts, creative sciences, music, um, spirituality. Um, it's not there. So we should be thinking okay, we don't need to maybe change the whole world, but how to put it back to the system. And then again, in the business world, um, and this is again what I really love and I'm passionate about, you know, I in a way like to be the rebel in the business world, like really, hey guys, I don't care. I'm just really different and I love it because. You just have to think for yourself and not be blocked by many ideas. So it's really like on the three big steps, you know, how children are being brought up, the educational system and the business life, but it starts with being conscious. What would you say was your uh, 
biggest failure? What did it taught you? Failure, sorry? What? Yes, what was your biggest <laughs> what, what failure? <laughs> biggest failure. Yeah. Good reaction. <laughs> what is failure? Um, for me, the biggest learning I had from this failure. <laughs> We're consultants here. Yeah. Failure, what is that? Learning. <laughs> So for me, uh, really a big learning uh, was to realize uh, that I've been pushing myself in the past uh, into projects, uh, uh, into activities that I was not necessarily really aligned to. In a sense, I did not really see them as something what I wanted. It did not make me happy. It made somebody else happy. So exactly what I was mentioning, it's about what is it that you want. And of course, sometimes you got to compromise, but you also can and should do it only to a certain extent and the focus really needs to be on what makes you happy. I do have a huge personal learning of course and we've been talking about climbing before. Well, I haven't climbed in a pretty long time and the chances are I will never climb again because I totally ruined my knees. <laughs> so, and I see it as a metaphor, actually I'm very very grateful for that because I think it's life telling me that I really had to change something, otherwise I would really like destroy myself. Um, so we could see, I mean, like the, the state of uh, my knees uh, as a failure, failure, but indeed I see it as my biggest learning ever. Uh, and I'm so super grateful for that. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I have hope and uh, medicine <laughs> and technology and bionic knees. <laughs> so. How do you think, uh, how do we educate change makers? Damn, she's asking some good questions. Absolutely. People yeah. keep telling me this. <laughs> this is where everyone needs to realize how important the role of the educators, so the teachers in this case, is. It's, it's really a role that needs a lot of focus, a lot of dedication, uh, but a lot of recognition. Because I think in order to educate the next leaders, the next change makers, you really need the best people to be in a position to inspire them. So, so indeed it should be all about really giving those inspiring people, the leaders, people with a vision, the right tools and opportunities to be there, stand in front of young people and to really show them that they're really good alternatives to the traditional system, careers, way of thinking. Yeah, and we could be talking a lot about, okay, we need to change a system to do that educational whatever system um, but this is maybe where the power to the people comes uh, I really believe it's the individuals it's the business community and again the individuals that will make the change that will make the app because changing system with the best intentions just very complex thing so it's going to take long and it's not going to be very effective so this is where people come and again technology is going to help is helping already you know to actually giving different perspective into the traditional systems and making happen i could not agree more it's also individual responsibility right now especially again whether we're here or generally speaking like western europe there is knowledge, there are magazines, there are amazing books, there are TV shows, there are movies. There are so many people who already do 
work um, in a field of positive change, whether it's sustainability, politics, human rights, yeah. social impact, uh, amazing innovation, you name it. It's also about people realizing like, this is indeed what makes me happy, being curious, so yeah. willing to be in the first place, maybe explore something that's not necessary in a current book, yeah. and just really go there, read that book, watch that YouTube video, talk to those people, follow them on Instagram, reach out through LinkedIn, connect to them. People are very happy to share um, what they're passionate about. Yeah, right? and maybe the key word is very important for you is the connect. Yeah. Again, is the C. Um, even you and I have been talking about it uh, a while ago. So technology is important, but finding connections to people, is, is, that's the key. And it doesn't matter if it's a person you meet on the street, it doesn't matter if it's a person like, you know, like how we got in touch, you meet in a conference, how we got in touch, you know, it doesn't matter. Very often the circumstances are secondary, but just being open to people and making the connection when it feels right, not when it doesn't feel right, networking sort of things, you know. When it feels right, just reach out and amazing things will happen. Nice. Final question. <laughs> uh, how would you define success? What is success for you? Being so happy that you sometimes have to pinch yourself. Like, is this really true? <laughs> I seriously don't have a better answer because being happy, however you define it for yourself, of course being happy sounds maybe um, very simple to many people but when we say being happy that comes also by having your needs covered so of course that comes with financial reward that comes with seeing um, your results that comes with getting the recognition that comes with meeting the right people being able to connect to the right people and having lovely discussions with amazing people you want to be talking to very neat being happy Thank you everyone for listening. This is the Changemaker podcast, a series of interviews with people driven to create a positive impact in their communities and the world. If you like this episode, make sure to reach out. Stay positive, follow your dream and make this world a better place. See you next week.